You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. All right, welcome into the Patriot Nation podcast. It's your boy Pat Lane, as always, here with my guy Matt St. Jean. Matt, how you doing on this uh, late night Thursday night? What a night in the world of sports. We're doing this during the NBA draft, which has been a whirlwind so far. We got the College World Series, LSU walking it off in the 11th inning. Yeah, uh, So great night in sports. Um, and that's just the non-Boston stuff. Lots of news in the Boston sporting world. And unfortunately, none of it is DeAndre Hopkins signing in New England. Not one thing. Not one thing about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, two things that people are upset about. One thing Patriots and one thing Celtics. And the Celtics thing, which we'll get into as well. But before we do, special shout out to my uh, to my boys and girls over at Taunton High School. Um, they became, they tied their own record uh, by winning the softball and baseball state championship in division one. No one had ever done it in the same year until last year when they did it, they did it again this year. Uh, so back to back for the boys winning the state championship and three years in a row for the girls softball team winning the state championship and did it on the exactly the same day, uh, which is wild. So, uh, big ups to them. They were on, uh, they were on with, uh, Dan Roach, Dan Roach, uh, interviewed them uh, this week. It. So, which was pretty cool. Big so, stuff. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty pretty exciting for uh, for the city and for the for the school. So it was uh, it was cool. Love to see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, but let's get into some more some more dour news here. Uh, yeah, Jack Jones. I, what are we doing? What what the hell are we doing? Like what? And I want to get into the Hurley article because you pointed it out to me and I read it recently, and you know it does it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, but still, for the love of God, what are you doing, man? And I think what this whole thing boils down to is like the old adage, don't do not do two illegal things at the same time. <laughs> like if you're going to be like if you're going to make a mistake, we're going to assume it wasn't like intentional that he was right. bringing his guns through like that. Or at least if it was intentional, he legally he thought he was able, allowed to do that for whatever reason. Um we're going to say there's no ill intent there for bringing right. guns into an airport because that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. If you're going to do that, make sure that they are legally registered and you're legally allowed to have them. Like it's, this is like, and obviously it's a different level of severity, but it's like getting pulled over for doing 50 and a 45 and the cop looks in the side and you got like a, a, a beer can sitting there like an open beer can sitting there like it's obviously a very different level of severity clearly right yeah you're gonna speed don't do it while you're also doing something else and that's just then it's frustrating because i think we've seen a pattern of this with jack jones just like decisions that keep him off the football field correct and it's frustrating because he's a really good football player and if you can just keep everything straight then he's gonna be in the nfl for a long time but that's kind of what it comes down to yeah. And really, I mean, that's that's the big thing for me is he just like just have have some brains like just a little bit, you know, like don't make a mistake like that. And this is the second time now in, you know, 
in what, six months that, that he's done something that is going to get him suspended. Now it does seem like, you know, he's not going to never play football again or anything like that. Like the Patriots, I don't think are going to cut him. I'd be surprised at this point if that happened, you know, if um, they were, if they cut him, it'll be because something else comes out or because they yeah. said, if he's found guilty, we're going to, but mm-hmm. like if they, if they didn't cut him by now, it's not going to happen. If they're like, if he gets off with like a fine, like right. that. Um, right. Yeah. And it just, you know, like, and I think what you said it perfectly, like he he's making decisions to keep him off the football field. And that's, that's something that if you're the Patriots, you can't have that. You know, Belichick hates stuff like that. And that that's the stuff that it's like, just don't be stupid. Just don't yeah. be stupid. And, you know, yeah. and, and everything will be fine. It's like he just keeps doing dumb shit. It's, it drives me crazy. Yeah. And that and this is I think the thing that's interesting is that like he's the, the fact that they didn't cut him immediately. I think something that even I had brought up earlier this offseason was like, hey, he ended last year suspended. And sometimes that happens. You end up in Bill's doghouse and then we never see you again. And clearly the fact that he hasn't been caught yet means that's not the case here. Like they right. like him as a football player. Whatever he did last year, they think is in the past. I would also guess that whatever he did last year, they think isn't that related to this. Obviously, it probably falls into the doing something you shouldn't category. Right. But there's very different things between like, I don't know, like not handling your rehab properly and accidentally bringing guns into an airport are very different things and like cool. just because and obviously it's a pattern of doing things you shouldn't do going back to college but that also it, it doesn't feel like he's repeating the same mistake there and not learning it feels like two very different categories so like it's yeah. you don't have to automatically cut him for this and it's not like like this isn't this isn't the Aaron Hernandez situation again where it's like oh of he course, did something right. that is awful morally and we can't stand by it no he did something stupid yeah and like i think the the honestly i feel like the best comparison for this might be like plaxico burris for right yeah shooting himself in the leg right well he went he went to prison right and then still came back and played for the giants right so like and that's the thing that works in jack jones's favor right now he's on a rookie deal that's not that expensive (laughs) with three more years of control and he's probably going to get suspended at some point here so there's no reason for the Patriots to cut him unless we find out he did something truly awful in here or something so dumb that you're just like, we can't rely on this guy, but there's no harm in just kind of hanging on and seeing what happens. Well, and the other, the other thing that Jack Jones has going for him is that he's a good football player. And let's just, let's just be honest here. Cause this is the NFL and it's a business, right? If Jack Jones with a 53rd guy on the roster, he already be cut. Yeah. He would already be cut if he was the 53rd guy on the roster, but he's not. He's a guy that played well last year that they think can probably be a starting corner for them this year. And so I just think, you know, that to me, you look at it and say that that's the reason why, right? That's the reason why you still hear that they're giving him another chance. I mean, look, he was kicked off the team at USC. He had problems at, at Arizona state. He, you know, and not, not, to the extent that he had problems at USC, but he still had some issues, some off the field issues at Arizona state. There were questions and marks about him coming in, you know, there's all sorts of other things going on. And so you say, you know, will we, you know, the Patriots take a chance of them in the fourth round. Well, if there weren't the off field issues, he was a first or second round pick, right? And that's the talent yeah. that the kid had, but he dropped to the fourth round because he was a dummy. Or as my dad said in the comments, a doofus, <laughs> um, you know, and, and so, 
so fine. So he drops to the fourth round. Then he's not falling through his rehab. So you suspend him at the end of the year. But again, you suspend him at the end of the year and things are good at the end of the year, right? As opposed to where you spend Jake Bailey at the end of the year and Jake Bailey's complaining about it and his agent comes out and it's a whole thing. That's not what happened with Jack Jones, right? So, you know, from that aspect of it, you can look at it and say, okay, well, the kid, you know, they clearly like him. Obviously, he's a good player, and but they like him as, a, as an individual too because you're not giving him all these chances. Even if he's a good player, Belichick's not giving him all these chances unless he believes that he's actually a good kid and can pull out of this, right? So, um, you know, so we'll see. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a consistent pattern of behavior. And that is, that's worrisome for me. Uh, and it yeah. does not, does not give me hope for Jack Jones's future. Well, and it's, the thing is that the, the both the good and the bad part of it is that it seems like it's a lot of different dumb right. things, which is like, on one hand, it's like, it doesn't really seem like he repeats mistakes he usually learns from them but it also means you pretty much can never count on him not making some other mistake right so i don't know how you calculate that in going forward um and the thing again that helps him here is that he's cheap right now so you can keep him on the roster and you're not risking a whole lot and if he does something dumb you can cut him or whatever like it's not um but yeah i also i also want to comment on the fact like we've had People in the Boston media running articles being like, like this legal expert says Jack Jones could receive 30 years in prison for this. Like that is such ridiculous sensationalism of what has happened here. Because, yeah, that's technically true. Uh, and I'm not a lawyer here, but just like reading what other lawyers have to say. And I went through and read all the statutes that he violated and all that, uh, or is at least alleged to have violated. And it's like, that is if you threw the absolute maximum sentence at him for every single one of those charges and had him serve them back to back, which never happens with right. things like this. That's just Correct. not some of them would have to be consecutive, but most of them would be concurrent, even if he got the max. And they save the max in situations like this for like somebody who's trying to smuggle illegal guns through an airport, not somebody who is trying to bring his guns back home and let put him in the wrong bag or something exactly. like that. And I think it's worth also putting in here, like in some of the, the laws, in some of the statutes, it doesn't say it's illegal to bring a gun into an airport. It says it's illegal to knowingly do it. That's what the defense right. is going to bring up. And it's like most of the time, ignorance isn't a defense, but to a degree, it actually is a defense here. Because Correct. like, let's think about this for a second. Everybody has at some point probably accidentally brought something on a plane that they shouldn't have or left something in a bag. And if we were throwing people in prison every single time you did that, that makes no sense. Like, right. And what he did isn't anything crazy. It seems to be guns illegally owned in Arizona. So, like, let's let's not do the sensationalism. He did something wrong, stupid, something he shouldn't have. And it looks like he definitely broke laws. But that doesn't mean he's serving a lot of prison time or even any prison time. We'll just let it play out and see what happens and not slander the guy while he's going. Well, 100%, right? And you talk about bringing things on, you know, accidentally. You know, I just use my dad as an example. My dad carries around a pocket knife everywhere he goes. It's just a pocket. I mean, it's a dull pocket. You, you couldn't even – he couldn't cut you open if he, if he wanted to. But technically, you can't bring it on a plane. We're going through security. He's got it in his back pocket. Throw it out. Obviously, he's got to throw it out, right? Technically, technically – that's a knife. 
you can't have it. Could you be arrested for that? I guess. Theoretically, if you're going by the letter of the law, I, I guess. But like, come on. Now, I've done the, clearly I've done the exact same thing. A very different situation, right? You know, but but still, and so so and um you um you brought up the, the Hurley thing, and I will here's here's the Michael Hurley number, and he and he talks about two numbers and, and an article that he put up earlier today. Yes. So there's two numbers that he talks about. The first number is six thousand five hundred forty-two. That is how many guns were confiscated by TSA last year. Now, that's across the country, not just in Boston, but still. 6,542, and he says that 88% of those guns were loaded. That's about 18 guns per day being discovered at airport security around the country, with about 16 of them being loaded. That's a whole lot. That's a whole lot. Um, And... It says over the first three months, uh, there were 1,500 so far this year, right? And more than 93% of those uh, were loaded. So, you know, it's not as though no one else is doing this, right? No. This is happening. A lot of people out there who make mistakes. To an extent. Now, listen, is that does that make it right? No. Does that mean that he's going to get away with it? No. He had some extended magazine stuff. They weren't registered in Massachusetts, even though that's not technically illegal to have an unregistered gun in Massachusetts as long as it's registered somewhere else. But regardless, right, there's all these different things that we can kind of go through and talk about. But he's not the only person that's ever done this before, right? And the other thing, the second number he brings up is two. And that two is because Frank Clark, DN for the Chiefs, was arrested, not arrested, but was pulled over two times. First speeding, and both of those times had illegal guns in the car with him while he was speeding. And so, again, is it the same thing as him going through airport security? No, but he's got a gun that he shouldn't have, that he illegally has in his car that is loaded. He gets pulled over twice and gets arrested for it both times. Now, he pleads no contest, gets two-game suspension. Played in seven games before he even got suspended, and then served the two-game suspension. So, you know, look, again, was it smart? No. The kid's a dummy, and it was stupid. And it was, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, what the hell are you doing? But let's not pretend like he's the only person that's ever done this. No. Yeah, and it's like you're not going to throw the book at him. In in some ways, the only reason this is as big a story as it is is because the guns were legally owned. If he did, you know, have them legally in Massachusetts, and I think the hand, the the extended mags are definitely what are going to jump out there, especially if you're security, because the, the the limit's ten, and he had a thirty round mag in there, and that's going to stand out. Um, and so that's going to make you uh, that that makes it a much bigger deal. And if they're legally owned, they're probably going to confiscate it, and there'll be a headline. It's like, oh, Jack Jones had guns confiscated because he tried to bring them through. We never think about it again. Right. Um, and the, like Matt Judon's on Twitter defending him. Like, I think. Yeah. I think the guys in the locker room clearly like him and have his back on this. And like, it's somebody doing something dumb is not the same as somebody doing something bad, like morally. So that's like, it's not a part of it's like, I don't, if I understand cutting Jack Jones because like, you can't trust him to get on the field. I think that is a totally fair thing. And if they do it, they do it. 
But if they cut him because they think this is some moral wrong, I know people, I've seen people calling for that. I know they're in the minority, but I've seen people calling for that. And it's like, I don't know. We're in a league with like Deshaun Watson is allowed to play after all of the things he did. And they're going to say, hey, morally, we can't stand a guy who did this. Like with the difference in those things, like, like it's, I I hate to see, like he's, he deserves, he deserves criticism, but not some of the insane comments that have been said about him and just right. let it play. The other thing is this, the legal system could take forever to play out. There's a world where Jack Jones plays this entire season and we never hear anything about this until next off season. Cause that's when everything goes with the court and everything. So like, exactly, exactly. So long story short, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, pump the brakes. Okay. Just pump the yeah. brakes. You, you yeah. can criticize Jack Jones all you want. You can say he's sure. a dummy which he is, and he deserves all the criticism you give him. But he's also not probably not going to be suspended for more than three or four games, and he's not going to be cut by the Patriots unless he does something else stupid or if his reaction to it, you know, and I assume his reaction to it was something that they that they were happy about because otherwise they they could have turned around and cut him, you know, for that, for and whatever his, reason, right? And his lawyer made the comment that he was almost fired. So that tells right. me the Patriots, and we've known this for a while now, the Patriots are not shy to cut you if they think you have done something wrong. Right. Um, I mean, and it's, you go back to the Aaron Hernandez situation, like it took them hours to cut him. Like once they heard what he was accused of, it was all right, we're out and we'll figure out the rest later, but we can't stand by this. It kind of sounds like they were thinking about doing that with Jack Jones and they probably got in there and explained what happened. They're like, oh, all right, well, we're going to stand by him for now at least. Right. Which seems appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, speaking of questionable decision-making, uh, the Boston Celtics. Hold on. I know you want to talk about that, but when we're talking about questionable decision-making, we got to stay in the division for a second because Tyreek Hill, oh, you see what's on. going on with him? Because that's – I was thinking about the Patri- Patriots-Dolphins week two might have neither Tyreek Hill or Jack Jones. Yes. That. And, like, while we're talking about – like, Jack Jones, obviously, like having guns and bring that into an airport sounds awful, but he didn't hurt anybody. It's not like Tyreek Hill just like assaulted somebody. Like I that just, is worse. Yeah. And this is a guy with a history of assaulting people. Mm-hmm. Like this is a pattern of the same behavior over and over. So I Correct. don't know. So when we talk about pattern of behavior and now, you know, we talk about a specific pattern of behavior for Tyreek Hill where he has anger issues. Obviously, he's been accused of beating his wife slash girlfriend. He's been accused of beating his child. You know, and now he's being, you know, accused of beating up someone else. So it's just, it's nonstop with this guy. And look, you you might be right. Like, you know, he certainly could be suspended if it's, if it's something um, that, you know, that they can prove. looking at charges. So, yeah. Yep. So, and I don't know if charges were ever brought against him before or if charges were dropped. I think charges may have been brought against him and then eventually dropped before uh with the girlfriend stuff i believe mm-hmm. so you know if charges are brought against him and they're not dropped immediately that could be a situation where he does get suspended for a few games and again because he's a repeat offender um and i believe he's been suspended for it before has he not i'm pretty sure he got suspended for it back oh, in the day though maybe not up. again if no you know i gotta, I gotta were dropped, i'm not yeah, I got to read through the NFL rules too because just because you've been suspended before, if it's long enough ago, you aren't necessarily true. a repeat offender, and that's true. It gets yeah. complicated. But I think anybody with a brain can look at Tyree Kill and say, "Hey, this is the third time minimum he's been accused right. of doing something like this." Um, yeah, 
So uh, we'll obviously see what happens there. But. Right. Yeah. Not ideal. So uh, not ideal for them. I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. No. You, you, <laughs> you, you traded all of that to build around a guy with the history Tyreek has. You have whatever comes to you with that. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Um, so anyways, questionable decision making. Let now now we'll we'll uh, we'll do a third questionable decision making, and I I don't know how questionable it is, but uh, we'll talk about the Marcus Strawn trade. The Celtics uh, were just on the clock; they are no longer on the clock. They took a guy named Marcus. How about that, uh, Marcus <laughs> Marcus Sasser, Sasser he's a, he's a and then player, traded him said. immediately because why not for pick thirty one. Yeah, in two seconds. And two second round picks. Great. Good for you. Two second round picks. Who cares about that? Like, what difference does that make? So um, you essentially moved up four spots for and got two second round picks back. I don't – that doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. Um, The Marcus Smart trade, though, is interesting. Now, I am – the Celtics are obviously going to take someone at 31, you would assume. I don't know who it's going to be. I know Murph, if he's listening, wants them to take Sonogo. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. No, not, um, this, not this high. If they're gonna if they're gonna take a UConn guy at this point, it should be Andre Jackson. Which I'm a uh, for, for okay. anybody who doesn't know, I also do college basketball stuff covering the Big East. So that's my if you're, if you're, you're a fan. The world worlds are colliding right now. <laughs> quite true. Quite true. Yes, it's it's um the NBA draft is interesting because you know you get the guys that at the top obviously that are the best players in the draft, but then. It does seem recently that a lot of these guys in the 20s and even in the second round are turning out to be good players. Where I feel like for for a solid like 10 years, that just didn't happen. Like if you weren't drafting the top 10 or 15, you sucked basically. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I know that's not totally true, but I do feel like this last like six to, you know, six to eight years – Guys outside the lottery and even into the second round have, have turned out to be very good players. Obviously, Jokic, you know, second round pick has been two time MVP and Finals MVP, and is you know is probably the best the player picked, in the NBA right now. The guy picked during a Taco Bell ad for the Quesarito, right. yeah, which has right. since been discontinued. RIP. Yeah. And so that's <laughs> the thing. Like that's you know, so it is it is interesting, but I do think um, where the Celtics are is a fascinating situation. And so they obviously trade Marcus Smart. For those of you that haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock. They traded Marcus Smart. They got back Kristaps Porzingis mm-hmm. and two second or two first round picks. Now the first round pick they got back was twenty five this year. They did trade thirty five as well, so they really yeah. moved up they, ten spots this year. And they gave up they gave up Danilo Gallinari and yes. Mike Muscala and Muscala's yeah. It was, Gallinari I think was the guy who probably could have helped. Yeah. Uh, next year. It's, a, yeah, it's tough to not never see him in a Celtic uniform with the injury, but it's a, it's a tough situation do. because it's like Marcus Smart is in the heart of that team in so many ways um, and such a great Celtic. But two things. One, if somebody's giving you Chris Epps, Porzingis and two firsts for him, you can't really turn that down. That's, right. Especially Porzingis, kind of entering his prime right now. He just had the best season of his career last year. When he's healthy, he's really, really, really good. So I understand that. The other side is how for how long did a Celtics fan sit back during the playoffs and question the heart of this team and the issues it's had with finishing things out and rising to the occasion? And I love Marcus Smart, but if that's what he's supposed to bring and that's the thing everybody's questioning, moving on from him, I think. Isn't uh, it's not an unforgivable sin at the very least. 
when when the Celtics went down three games to nothing, I tweeted out in all caps, trade Marcus Smart. <laughs> and and the reason why I felt that way, and, and look, I love Marcus Smart as an individual. I think he's a great dude. Everything I've heard about him, he's great with the community. He's great with the kids. He's great. As a matter of fact, there was a article, there was a tweet today that said, you know, he he had like a he has a basketball clinic that he's doing, and he does one in Oklahoma, I think, and he does the other one in in uh, Massachusetts. And they asked him, like, well, since you got traded, you know, do you want to cancel it? And he said, absolutely not. I can't. I can't with the kids now. And so like. He just got traded from the Celtics, but he's still going to do a camp in Boston when it's like like next week. I mean, we're not talking about like months from now. We're talking about next week. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it to me shows a lot about the uh, shows a lot about his character and and you know, w- yeah, how he how he treats the community, which I think is great. But to me, the question was always what what needs to change, right? Brad Stevens wasn't reaching the players, so we fired him. And again, we didn't fire him. He went up to, you know, he went up and then yeah. and hired Ime. The guys loved the guys loved Ime. But they couldn't <laughs> get the job done when when it mattered most, right? Yep. They I know they played Golden State and Golden State's got all the blah, 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 blah. Great. The Celtics are way more talented than Golden State. I'm sorry. They were way more talented than Golden State. They should have never lost that series. And they lost it because they couldn't, you know, they didn't. They didn't keep their cool, basically, right? Yeah. They they kind of they kind of choked, if we're being honest, right? And then this year, same thing. Well, now you got a new coach. You're gonna get a fourth coach in in what five years? Yeah. Why? You got, what are we yeah, doing? Gotta, yeah, and it's so something's got to change. Yeah, and it's I, I think the thing we've seen with the Celtics. Obviously, we're going way out of our uh, our expertise here, but uh, <laughs> from what I can tell, at them, it's just kind of the the fundamentals aren't quite as solid as you'd yeah. like across the board. So when it's good, they're the best team in basketball. But right. when it's bad, they are barely a playoff team. Um, right. And you're pretty much, no matter what, right now, guaranteed like two of those bad games in any playoff series. 100%. Which means if another team can beat you in one of the good games, any team can play with you and send you to seven games. Um, which I think is kind of what we've seen. So yep. it's this interesting thing, and it's like Derek White's really good. Uh, we're going to see what happens with Malcolm Brogdon, like a lot of stuff up in the air. Um, hired a lot of assistant coaches there, which I really like. Like, I'm glad that they did that. So it seems like they're going the right direction. I trust Brad, and this team is going to be as good as Brown and Tatum can make it be. Like, yeah. that's what's going to determine it. But giving them help and playing around the edges is probably the right thing to do right now. And, like, I don't. Jalen Brown is a, has his flaws as a player, but at the same time, I don't think I'm not totally against trading him. But who are you going to get back that's as good as Jalen Brown in a right. trade? That uh-huh. this becomes the tough thing is that you're trading a guy who is very, very good with some with some flaws on an expensive contract. You're either like you're not you're not going to get somebody as good for cheaper or anything like that. You're not, you're not going to get good value on that and where right. he is right now. So it's like, I think you're better off keeping him, hoping he develops and you help the guys around him. Um, we'll see what this team looks like next year. I'm excited. I like I, when they're all healthy. This is a top two, top three team in the NBA. It's just like, I'm worried about, you know, the front court of 
Rob Williams always hurt. Porzingis always hurt. And Al Horford, old. Right. So how many games do the three of those play together? <laughs> well, and that's that's really the question, right? And Porzingis, you know, played 65 games, which is the most he's played since he was a rookie, um, you know, which is a lot. And someone pointed out on Twitter, like, well, you know, he they they were also tanking the last like 10 games of the season. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. Right. You know, fine. Say he played 70, you know, 73, 74 games. Either way, he's been hurt his entire career. He's been hurt his entire career. And so, like, he's topped, like, 52 games, like, three times. So, like, it's not, you know, we're not saying that that he can't be healthy. We're just saying he hasn't been healthy over the course of his career. And that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that he, that he will continue to not be healthy. And listen, you want to win a championship, you shoot for the moon. You shoot for the yeah. moon. Right, that's what you do. If Porzingis is healthy and he plays the way he's capable of playing and the way he played last year, you're going to be unstoppable. You're going to be unstoppable if him and Rob Williams are both healthy, and Brogdon can stay healthy too, and Derek White's healthy. If assuming your whole your whole team is healthy right now, as constituted, without even getting another point guard, your team is disgusting, disgusting, yeah. and yeah, and you're a better team with Porzingis than Marcus Smart. Sorry. You're a better team with Porzingis and Marcus Smart. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things. Like it, it feels like the, those years with prime Gronk in New England. And it was just yeah. a question of, is he going to be healthy? Because if he's healthy, we're going to the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, that's kind of what this feels like with the Celtics. If Rob and Porzingis are healthy, this team is going to the finals. Will they win? Who knows? Because even when you get to the finals, like it's it's hard to win. You're always going to play a good team on the other side. And like right. you never know what's going to happen. And like I don't know. I, the way I look at it is maximize the number of times you can get there. If you get to the finals three times, four times with this core, you're going to win at least one of them unless they go full Buffalo Bills. Right. So, like, and I, they have the they have the talent. So, I, I mean, I like it. And we'll see. That. They could trade Brogdon, but um, but I don't know. We'll see We'll see where this goes from, from here for the Celtics. But I'm, I'm a fan of the move. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that they probably need uh, a playmaker. Like a like a, a a guy that can make, you know, a, a playmaking guard. I think is probably what they could use. Now I don't know who that would be. I don't know who they would trade Derek for. White. I love Derek White. I love Derek White. And so Derek White could be your starting point guard. And maybe Pritchard. They said that Pritchard's gonna have to go somewhere else to get minutes. Maybe not. Maybe Pritchard yeah. gets minutes. Like I don't know. You know, it's and so well, I think you you, you know. see you see you open you take a look at your options here and see what else is available. I think you need guard depth, so we'll see what they do here. Right. Coming up with pick 31 in the draft, um, yeah, he could yeah. probably go for a guard. And they got J.D. Davison, who was in the G League last year, who they just drafted. Like He was up and down. Maybe he can be a backup for you. Uh, right. I'm kind of assuming Brogdon goes because it kind of seems like they wanted to get rid of him. I don't know. I don't really know. But um, Yeah, you just wonder if he goes, what do you get back for him, right? And that's that's kind of the question. Yeah. And I think he's I think he's a good player. I mean, I don't know. People were yeah. crapping on him at the end of the year, and I was like, I, I don't he's know. I thought he was all, pretty good. He's he's also always hurt. Like he, he never right. plays more than like twelve games in a row. And yeah. and it's I feel like you just if assuming that they do make a move there, it's, they're just like cashing in their injury prone players for different injury prone players and hoping they get better luck next time. Which right. All things considered, especially along like the fringes of your roster, is not a bad strategy when your core is pretty rock solid. Like if then it's like, all right, as long as 
we get one year in here where the guys stay healthy, we're going to win a championship. Yeah, agreed. And, and I think that that's ultimately that's what you have to do. And you're trying to win a championship, you know, what it comes down to. And I, I look, there's a lot of Celtics fans that are hurting and a lot of Celtics fans that are really pissed because Marcus was their favorite player. And Marcus, you know, embodied what a, what a, you know, embodied what a Celtic means and he's their favorite Celtic since whoever and he's the fifth best Celtic ever in their lifetime and I'm like all right it's like pump the brakes dude like let's relax a little bit okay but I get it I understand Marcus is a good player personified what you want out of a Celtic he you know he worked his ass off he tried hard he like gave everything he had sure great fine I, I I'm not gonna refute that but at the same time it's like you're trying to win a championship. You've had this core for a few years. You traded for Brogdon. That didn't put you over the top. You traded for Derek White. That didn't put you over the top. You know, you have Rob Williams. That didn't put you over the top. You brought Al Horford back. That didn't. So you're trying all these different things. At some point, you got to shake things up. Yeah. And I would rather put it this way, right? If you're going to get rid of one of your key cornerstone pieces, would you rather have traded Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown? That's the question. Because well, one of those guys return, was going to go. Yeah, especially with the, right. it's a really good return. Right. That's If we're going Boston sports history, too, with this this reminds me of two, or I'm, I'm hoping it ends up reminding me of two separate moves. We're going to go with two yeah. different sports here. We'll start with the Sox. Thinking of Nomar mm-hmm. back in 04. It was just like the time the timing was right he had his his health issues uh but it was like all right we're just gonna we're gonna get this and we're gonna flip him and it was like tough guy to see go because he's been such a fan favorite for a long time but you just know he's not the guy for the job and you have to make a move to make it happen i still remember the day and nomar was my favorite player growing up i still remember the day i found out that that happened that was like my first traumatic sports moment as a kid yeah yeah and then the other one logan mankins 2014 it's a good one getting traded a guy who's been you know rock solid there for a long time a great locker room guy core piece and it's you need you need depth at another spot and he's the guy you got to move to make it happen and that helped the patriots a ton tim wright was actually the the guy that got pretty big at points in that 2014 season that move ended up working out it's i think they ended up i think they ended up getting um they get Mason with that pick. No, they got Malcolm Mitchell, and they got Tooney. I think it was Tooney and Malcolm Mitchell with those picks because they ended up trading back. Yeah. Um. Because I, I think they got a second round pick. I believe it was a second round pick and Tim Wright. I believe. Yeah. yeah. And Something they traded like back and got yeah. Tooney and Malcolm Tooney. Mitchell. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, but still, out and, it's, and like, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Mankins? Never for Mankins played ten years, a decade in New England, and. For nine years, I think never won a ring. Yeah, he got sandwiched right in the middle, and in some ways, that kind of feels like what might happen with Marcus Smart. And I feel really bad, but it's a business. I think I think he knows. I think everybody involved knows the fans still love him, and his old teammates still love him. And it's yep. now there are no hard feelings from the Boston side, obviously. And I hope there's no no bad feelings from the Marcus side. Uh, his return to Boston, whenever that is, is going to be an emotional affair. Oh yeah, next yep. year. So. I wish him well, and hopefully this move works out as well for the Sox as the two moves I mentioned did for the Patriots and the Red Sox. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So we'll see what happens. I mean, ultimately, you know, it just kind of is what it is. And and like I say, you know, 
I just look at it like if you wanted to shake things up and you really wanted to change your team and make a big change, that means you're trading someone off of your core, you know, out of your core. And that means Rob, that means Rob, Tatum, Brown, Smart. Those are your four core guys, right? I don't want to trade Rob because he's a big guy and big guys are super valuable. And also with his injury issues, he's one of those guys. You're, you're never, not going to get a ton back. No, the, he's always a healthy Rob is always going to be more valuable to you than whatever you're going to get back in a trade. Exactly. Exactly. You're not trading Tatum because he's Tatum. So yeah, then now you're talking about trading Jalen Brown or trading Marcus Smart. And you'd probably, you would definitely get more back if you traded Jalen Brown, but you wouldn't get the value that Jalen Brown can sure. give you back. Yeah, you're you know? losing more in the process. Right, correct. Like it's for all the flawed Jalen Brown. Like the reason we're so critical of Jalen Brown is because he's so good at times. Like he earned the award, the accolades he got this season. It's just the floor is low. And it's like yeah. you just you want Agreed. to take him up. So, yeah. Agreed. Hey there, Pats fans in Massachusetts and Connecticut. DraftKings has upgraded their sign-up offer for a limited time. If you're a new user, you can now receive $200 in bonus bets by following just three, three easy steps. You're going to create an account. You're going to deposit some money in that account. And you're going to make a $5 wager on any sport that you want. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you're going to get $200 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code PATSNATION. That's one word, PATSNATION, when you sign up. The best part is when you use that code PATSNATION, not only do you get the bonus, but it also supports our podcast, which we really appreciate. If you're considering signing up for DraftKings, definitely use our code PATSNATION. Again, that's PATSNATION, one word to maximize your first bets. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and over and physically present in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-327-5050 Massachusetts or 888-789-7777 in Connecticut. Check out the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Um, so... Yeah. um. But be, let's get let's get back to the Patriots because that Skywalker yeah. says he needs good Patriots news. It's been too long. Here's some good Patriots news for you. Kirk yeah. Herbstreit is 10,000% behind Mac Jones, believes in Mac Jones, um, thinks the offense is going to be significantly better. That's a good sign for me. That I think I really do believe that that's a good sign. Um, Herbstreit is, is plugged in a bit, I would think, decent amount. Does a ton of college football stuff. So he's keyed into what happens at Alabama, has what has happened at Alabama. He's now doing Thursday Night Football as well. So he's probably keyed in a little bit to what's going on in the NFL. Um, I kind of feel I kind of feel that way. And Dark Wigold, you're right. 10,000% is quite a bit, uh, quite a bit. But that's how he feels. So he, he's, you know, 100 yeah. times what he was. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so, I, don't, you know, I don't think – like that, I don't feel like that should be that controversial of a take. Mac right. Jones was very good as a rookie. He was a flawed player. He had his issues. He did not prove he was a franchise quarterback as a rookie. But I think 
anybody who watched the team last year or followed them knows, like, we're just taking a mulligan of what happened last year. And if he can go back and start with where he was after his rookie year and build from there like we hoped he would last year, he'll be a good quarterback. I don't know if he'll – that doesn't mean he'll be a franchise guy. doesn't mean they're going to pay him Daniel Jones money or whatever he's going to end up getting. Right. But it means while he's on a rookie deal, he's going to be a quarterback you can win with. Exactly. That's, I mean, he could be a top 15 quarterback, top 20 quarterback in the NFL on a rookie deal. You're getting good value in with this defense. Then, well, you're going to be in contention for the playoffs and you're going to have a chance against most teams in the NFL. Yeah. I think it makes sense. I mean, that's, and look, this defense is built to carry a mediocre offense. It can't carry a bad offense. It can't. No defense can really carry a bad offense. But I think it can carry a mediocre offense. And if you can be a middle-of-the-road, middle-of-the-pack offense, I think that's good enough to get you into the playoffs. And I know they have a tough schedule this year, and I get all that stuff, but the offense is going to be better. It's going to be better. It has to be better because you have better pieces around. You have better decision-makers. You have better coaches. That's all going to be better. So um, the the fundamentals of this offense should be so much better next year. And there's like reasons like I don't know if this is going to be a good offense. I think there's a lot of reasons you can cast it out on the offense, the players, even Mac. But like to say he's a bust at this point, I think would be insane. I think yeah. Kirk Herbstreit's right to say he's in on him. Like Mac's a competitor. He's a smart player. He's a very like we've really somehow managed to underrate the accuracy trait at this point that Mac has. He's a very accurate passer. His arm strength is not like top echelon or anything like that. And he's got obviously not the best athletic traits from doing stuff outside the pocket. But like if he can, if he can place the ball where he wants to consistently make good reads. I don't know. That's like, it's like a, a supersized Chad Pennington and like right. Chad Pennington when health, like the issue for Chad Pennington was that he was hurt, but when he was on the field, he was a pretty yeah. good football player and, and did a lot of things. Right. And right. Well, by the end of his career, he had no arm left. So, like, no, you know, and he hurt his shoulder twice, and that was the end of that. You know what I mean? But he still, like, it's if, if you're accurate, you know what the defense is doing, and you can deliver the ball on time, you're going to be in the NFL for a while, and you're going to be a pretty pretty good player. And Agreed. Might never be anything special, but, like, I don't know, how much money has Kirk Cousins made off of being a guy like that at points? Like, even Jared Goff signed that massive extension, and I don't even know if he had the whole knows what's going on part. That was McVay who had that part and was yeah. telling him he just put the ball where McVay told him to do it. He's a good quarterback. Not good. He's a fine quarterback. But like if right. Mac, Mac can be as productive as guys like that in in the right system with the right things around him. So I'm I'm totally behind Herb Street, and I don't think people are letting last season cloud their judgment on Mac way too much with Agreed. everything that happened. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. So, um. Thad also mentioned that he wants a, a Gasecki jersey. Just buy it, bro. Just buy it. Have yeah. fun. Enjoy. He may not be here next year. It's certainly possible that he's on a one-year deal. But I think Gasecki's going to be a lot of fun this year. Um, yeah. And it's always fun to have fun guys as jersey. You know what I mean? Like, if the guy's a fun player and he plays well here, then having his jersey is a good thing, even if even if he's only here for one year. It's kind of expensive, but, like, it's worth the money. Yeah. I think. Well, it depends where you're getting. If you're getting it from um... – a, a not not official website. You're spending a little <laughs> bit less money than definitely pull the trigger. wholesale from China for twenty five bucks. Then definitely do it. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's gonna be worth that. Yeah, you know. Uh, while we're talking about what media people said, 
about the Patriots. I do want to bring something back around to the Jack Jones situation. I'd mentioned yeah. this to you pre-show, but uh, Mina Kimes on her show, she just did an episode talking about best defenses in the NFL, and she had Patriots as a top 10, top 5 defense for next year. Mm-hmm. And the Jack Jones situation did come up, and she and I, I don't, I'm forgetting the name of the guest, but the two of them were very quick, quick, quickly like, yeah, and well, Jack Jones will probably get like a short suspension or something this year. And then they just kind of dismissed the situation. And the way he, they handled it compared to how the Boston media has handled the situation, like the disparity between the local and the national coverage of that is massive. And the mm-hmm. fact that the nationals kind of like like this, this stuff happens. Like a lot of like we mentioned the Frank Clark situation, like football players sometimes just do things they're not supposed to and then you get the suspension and you move on and that's it and that probably what's going to happen here at least that's what they think of the situation and it's like i don't know the whole thing feels to me like the boston media blowing a bad situation completely out of proportion and we're going to see jack jones on the field october next year probably (laughs) yeah shocking that's shocking to all of you i know shocking that the that the boston media would blow things out of proportion and make it sound significantly worse than it actually is I know that's a surprising thing to hear, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and here's, but I, and I do I, think that you're you're not you're not far off base about that. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like if if Jack Jones does get cut from this whole thing too, he has nobody to blame but himself for putting himself in this situation. But I don't Correct. think he's, I don't think he's earned the uh, the hammer of doom. Quite I yet. would agree. I would agree. So yeah. So, anyways, um, you yeah. know, go ahead. And while we're talking about this stuff, uh, I've also the DeAndre Hopkins stuff that's happened since last week. When we talked about DeAndre Hopkins, I think the last, the prior last episode, I'm pretty sure yep. I said something along the lines of, we'll, we'll probably find out in four or five weeks what happens based on what his campus said. And every day I go on Twitter and every day I see tweets of when's, when's DeAndre Hopkins going to sign? When's he going to send? When's he going to sign? And then somebody else being like, hmm, it, it might be a little bit. It's His camp has been putting out that it's going to be a while since before he started taking visits. We don't right. need to relitigate this every day. There's not the news is going to come when it comes, but a washed pot never boils. Hopkins is going to sign where he signs when he signs, like on his own terms. And Patriots have made the Celtics just trade back again. For the love of God, it's driving, <laughs> me, insane. It's driving me insane. Freaking so. <laughs> oh my god. But Hopkins will sign when he signs. The Patriots made their pitch and their offer. I'm sure it was a good one and a competitive one from what we've seen. And like I said last week. If he wants to be in New England, I'm pretty confident he's going to be in New England. We're just going to have to wait until next month to find out if that's going to be the case. So this is this is the like uh, stay off Twitter for a little bit with some of that stuff because people are like people are going to try to rile you up for clicks on the DeAndre Hopkins stuff. And it's mm-hmm. not worth going into the cycle. Like, that's correct. Just, the news happens. But it's summer. Like. Go enjoy your vacation. The the Hopkins situation will be there when it's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, the Celtics have traded back again uh, to to with Charlotte for thirty four and thirty nine. Charlotte took uh, James Nanji, uh, the kid from Nigeria, who I guess uh, six six eleven two fifty, uh, eighteen years old. He'll be he'll be nineteen by the by the time the season starts. But my God, dude, like that's you know. So, anyways, so it's just like, just would you just draft someone for for the love of God? Just draft somebody. What are you doing? <laughs> See, it's funny you say that. We just talked about the Logan Mankins trade. Now the Patriots traded down with that pick and got two good players. And so that's a good point. Field. That's a good point. So you never well, know. You never yeah. know. I and, suppose. And if if we're talking Celtics too, they're going to be 
giving they they're giving Tatum a ton of money. They're going to be giving Brown a ton of money. Porzingis is not cheap either. Thirty six million dollars this year. They, yeah. just, they just got beat by the Heat with all their undrafted and second round guys and all that. Like this is all right. right. You want to build a, a real contender? Yeah. You got to start uh, good point. on some of these picks, and they don't have to be great, but they have to be sixth, seventh, eighth guys who can be functional players in playoff series. Good point. Good point. And uh, you know, it's funny because you you scroll through Twitter and you just see all the Belichick, all the Belichick uh, gifts and memes, <laughs> just because it's like from all the from all the Patriots guys, like oh. I, Belichick's in uh, in Steven's ear telling him to trade back, but my dad said, "Did Nike make the trade?" So, you know, it's um. Anyways, we'll see what happens. But um. So, oh, Woj apparently just said also that the Memphis Grizzlies have been in pursuit of Marcus Smart for years, quote unquote. So interesting. It's kind of fascinating. So, um. So, anyways, so uh. What do I got here? Yes, the one thing I wanted to go, one thing I wanted to touch on before we left um, was the uh, the Belichick interview with uh, with the thirty third team. Uh, you know, I mean, kudos to them for getting him to sit down for twenty minutes and talk about football. But you know, this is where we talk about Belichick, where it's like you can get answers out of Belichick if you're going to ask him interesting questions. If you're just asking him who's the starter this week or what do you think about the about the Bills or the Jets, like of course you're not going to get an answer out of him. But if and you're going to talk about yeah. history of the game stuff, you know, then he'll he'll give you answers. And I think not just history of the game stuff. I think if you show a genuine interest, if he knows you're writing an article and you need a quote, he's not going to give you a quote. Right. If you want to, if you want Bill to answer a question because you are curious and you will give him time to talk about it, he'll answer whatever. You right. just and he might like you got to read through some of his language sometimes. I thought the interview was fantastic and it spoke to a lot. Like I, the common theme I kind of heard was bill valuing professionalism very Mm -hmm. highly in the coaching staff and with the players with preparation and all that guys being on the same page i think when he talked about his coaching and and promoting guys from within that stood out to me as kind of all right we're gonna we're gonna get everybody on the same page we're all gonna know the system we're gonna establish this and it's not bad to bring in guys from the outside or anything, but like you, we want everybody to know what's going on here. We're all going to be united on the same front and what we want to do. And right for the longest time now, like that's, that's the Patriot way right there from the, right. the, the lowliest scout all the way through your star quarterback and the GM, everybody's on the same page about what's going on. And last year is the biggest departure we've ever seen from that as we all know, they're going to fix that, but yeah. the whole organization's on the same page about stuff. That's where the details work themselves out. And that's where you're better football. That's, that's how you win so many close games. That's how, you, that's how you're good at the fundamentals because everybody's bought in from the lowest levels up. And everybody's, you know, doing things the right way. And I mean, we forget about like so much of football is like office work and communication behind the scenes. It's scouts watching things and IDing things correctly, identifying things correctly and passing that to the right people and making sure that that gets taught correctly and that's right. like that's where bill's like very insistent on his scouting methods and making sure all right if that guy on the, the bottom rung the scout is on the same page then that means and he knows where this information is going he's going to be better at his job so he's got higher quality info which gets passed to the coaches which gets passed to the players which gets implemented on game day and maybe that only comes up in one play on that game but that could be the the play that makes a difference right why well, they've won games for so long and I think why even when the teams aren't very good, they've still been so hard to beat. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And so you know, hopefully that we get 
we get a return to that this year. I thought I also thought the draft stuff was interesting with him, where he talked about you know even since his years with the Giants, that really the focus was on the best player and not necessarily the position of need. And he talked specifically about Carl Banks, you know, drafted number three overall, I think in 1984, I want to say, I mean, it was 85 or 86, either way, it doesn't matter. They had LT and they drafted Carl Banks, another outside linebacker, third overall. And it was kind of like, what are you doing? Right. But Carl Banks was a damn good player. And he made things a lot easier for Lawrence Taylor because he was on the other side of the football, right? And so, yep. and he, because he was so good, it made you better at a position that was already strong for you. And there's nothing yep. wrong with doing that, right? And I think that you've seen the Patriots do that kind of consistently over the time that Belichick's been here. Um, and I think that you saw that a little bit this year where, you know, and you got in a little bit, a little bit of the Christian Gonzalez stuff too, but you saw that this year where the Patriots had a needed offensive tackle. Had a need maybe at wide receiver. You could argue they did. I don't know if the need was as big, but certainly people believe that. Um, they had needs, you know, all over the football field, and they decided to go with a corner in the first round where they had a lot of depth there. And, of course, now the Jack Jones situation makes it a little more fluid. But, like, but they had, you know, they went with that because he's the best player on the board. I don't care what we have at the – what difference does it make? What, the, what we have at the position – we need to take the best player available. He's the best player available. That's who it takes. Yes. yes. It's and it's I, I think back to I think right before the draft or during the draft we were talking and I, I think I, I forget where it came from, but there was the analysis of, of talking about evaluating your needs. And it's like if you need a starting offensive tackle and you're on the board at 14 or 17 or, or 50, wherever it ends up being, right. and you don't have anybody rated there that's a starting tackle, then why are you gonna draft a guy who you think is a backup tackle? that you haven't fixed your problem at all. And right. that's kind of what this, like it's, if if we come with like this draft and it's like, all right, if the receivers that they had there, they all thought were wide receiver twos or wide receiver threes in all likelihood in the, the tackles, they thought were backup tackles. And the Christian Gonzalez is a guy who they thought could be a pro bowl corner. Why in any, like when you frame it that way, it's of course you're not just going to draft the position and teams get suckered into that. And right. it's also, you draft, Christian Gonzalez, and like, let's say he turns out to be really good. Now that means you have an all pro or a pro bowl caliber player on that cheap of a contract. If you need the tackle, now you have the money to go get the tackle. But exactly. if you draft the tackle and he ends up being a backup, like you thought he was now, you still need a starting tackle and you need a starting corner. Like it's, it's, and it makes a ton of sense. Like you'd rather, I don't know, you get good players and you figure out the rest later. <laughs> One, uh, was it, uh, who the heck was it that was talking about it? it was um oh for goodness sake, what's the what the, the guy's name? The GM Shuffle. Um, oh shoot. goodness sake, dude! Uh, he coached <laughs> here with Belichick for years, and his his son's coaching the league now. Um, Michael Lombardi. Thank you, Michael Lombardi. <laughs> Michael Lombardi said, like you know, if you if you have a need at tackle and you draft a tackle and the kid sucks you still have a need to tackle, even though you drafted a tackle, right? So it doesn't really matter whether you draft a position or not. It matters whether the guy can play or not. And if yep. you look at it and think that guy can't play, it doesn't make a difference, right? City. Yep. So is he going to be good enough to play right tackle as a rookie? Probably not. Maybe not. I don't know though. We haven't put the pads on. No one's seen anything yet. Right. Yep. Is Calvin Anderson going to be better than we think, right? Is he going to be your starting right tackle? Is Radley Reef going to be your starting right tackle? And you feel like you're okay with that. 
is Trent Brown going to come back healthy and, and be ready to go for training camp? And, you know, those are a lot of questions that we don't have answers to. Right. And, and dad says that he's concerned about, about the tackle positions and I am too, but I do think there's enough depth there with enough competent players, not just bodies, competent players that you can make it work for this year. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the important part. And bringing it back to the Carl Banks thing, kind of like, all right, well, we already got a really good player there. Why did we draft another one? You know who that argument applies to? It's like the Bengals team that made the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. The yep. fact that they, like, if your second best player of the position is also an elite player, sometimes that provides an advantage that is so overwhelming that it transcends other issues you have with your team. The Bengals almost won a Super Bowl because their wide receiver one was elite and their wide receiver two was also a legitimate wide receiver one in the NFL. And they didn't have the left tackle or right tackle, but it didn't matter because their other players were so good that it yeah. made it work. And it's like, I don't know, we'll see how good Christian Gonzalez is, but if your corners are so good that opponents can't score and you get picks and all that, well, it makes not having a tackle a lot easier. If you only got to go 40 yards to score instead of 60, or, you know, if, in three or four games a year, you're getting seven points out of the defense that you wouldn't normally be getting. That helps your offense too. Yeah. Yep. I like it. Yep. It's a good point. It's a great point. So, so what's, Oh my God. I just, I can't, I can't. So do this. Back uh, again? And so Thad, appreciate it, man. I always appreciate uh, yeah, If oh, you say something man. nice, I'm going to pull you up. It is, it is what it is. Um, they, yeah. They, so Colby Jones, a, I was like, Oh, took, Colby Jones. This is great. So Col- Big East Colby guy. Jo- I was going to ask you, Xavier, right? Colby, Colby Jones at Xavier. Uh, I will say, and I, I like him a lot. At one point this season, he was one of only like eight players in college basketball to average at least 10 points, five rebounds, and five assists in a game. I don't know how good he's going to be in the NBA, but his floor is like ridiculously high because he's just kind of right. not, he's not excellent at anything. Like, he's not an elite athlete, but he's just kind of good at everything. And it kind of works. So. so they traded. Um, so they drafted Colby Jones, and then I was like, "Oh, a draft pick!" And then ten seconds later, <laughs> they're trading him to the Kings for thirty-eight and future second-round picks. So they're just stacking. Like, future what picks. are we doing? A million future second-round picks, and uh, and perhaps, perhaps now, uh, is it is it crazy to think that they could trade for someone like Trey Young? Is it crazy we'll to think see. they could trade for someone? Uh, somebody uh, was it Dan? Uh, Dan from Barstool. I don't actually know if he's. I think he's still at Barstool. Uh, Greeny, and uh, oh, he, I saw this earlier. He said, you know, he could. They could turn him into SGA, and I'm like, bro, it's not gonna happen. It's just not. I right. wish, dude. I, wish. I mean, that would be SGA incredible. We'd be unstoppable if that happened, but it's never gonna happen. Uh, not unless they give up Jalen Brown. So, but anyways. Um, Neither here nor there, but I'm just I'd like, give up oh, Jalen yeah. Brown for SGA. That I would do. I yeah yeah I can see That's that. Like yeah. one of the few guys I'd make that move for. So. It is it is incredible that they have traded back a billion times. <laughs> now they have picks thirty eight and thirty nine. I don't understand what they're doing. They're gonna, but whatever. Well, I wonder if they're stacking these for the future too, and it's like maybe they want to take some of these and um, I don't know. You can, make moves later on you gotta think future seconds for guys who hey it's a deadline we're gonna throw in the second to make sure we get a guy right right you yeah. you gotta think that that's that that's the situation so so we'll see and you're welcome that that is a uh that must be a kings fan which i mean 
God love you if you're a Kings fan. But, um, yeah. you know, anyways. So, um, should we wrap up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Can we do the, uh, can we do this week in sports history real, real quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Uh, here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like. This week in sports history. Okay, I have two. You want to go first or you want me to go? Yeah, I'll go real quick. Uh, yep. On this day, June 22nd, 1982, Pete Rose got his 3,772nd career hit, moving past Hank Aaron in the second place all Look time. That. Look at that. Love it. Um, I'm going to go the year before, June 22nd, 1981, John McEnroe. John McEnroe. You cannot be serious. <laughs> is, that, is that the guy they compared uh, compared Mac to, or is it somebody else? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, he won that match too. But that's it's one of the best. It's one of the best clips of all time. If you've never seen it, he's like screaming at the at the umpire. It's fantastic, or the referee, whatever they call him in uh, in tennis. It's fantastic. So uh, if you haven't seen that one, and then and then June twenty second, nineteen ninety four. Ken Griffey Jr. breaks Babe Ruth's record for most home runs by the end of June with 31 uh, striked shortened season. A lot of people thought that Griffey would have ended up breaking that record uh, had they played a full year in 1994, but uh, they did not. They did not. So, um, but yes, his 31st home run on June 22nd. It's outrageous. So, anyways, uh, that's what we got. That's what we got for the show. Uh, we are not going to be live the next few weeks because I will be in Europe. Um, but we will have shows for you anyways that we will record and put out for you. Podcast form, perhaps not audio um, only. perhaps not uh, on that video, but there will be audio for the on the podcast side. So anyways, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Maybe the Celtics will have drafted someone by then. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> So, all right, guys. See ya. Bye, bye.